Welcome to Killing Time, hosted by two girls and one very special ginger today. Who better to be a special guest than the person that I live with, um, Jared Monaco, <laughs> my very right. own ginger jester. And we'll uh, find out. fiance on Fianced. And we are so lucky to have Jared today because we are going to keep bringing you the weekly Killing Time content that you guys are always uh, so excited about. And we're excited, too. I know. Jared and I are in different rooms of the same apartment because we can't have our sound bleeding into each other. And we're all enjoying a cocktail. And I wish we were all together, but this is the next best thing. Yeah, we're doing our best. Jared, how does it feel to be our, um, like our actual... De facto co-host. Yeah. I am so nervous. Are you No, I'm fine. I'm actually really excited. I always watch you guys and I'm like, I wonder if I can, I could talk on that level for that long. Let's find out. I think that you can. He has his cut water, of course. Mm, No better beverage. And he is ready to go. Um, I think, do we get, I guess I'm getting into what the dark day is, right? Yeah. What's the dark day, Jack? I'm I'm really holding the fort down of uh, the scripting of this episode. Um, so <laughs> today is June 30th. And this, I'm really excited about this whole episode because I think our best Killing Time episodes deal with pop culture and especially early 2000s pop culture. So this is like right into our wheelhouse. No, it's where we shine. And it's especially where you shine. Thank you. Thank You're you welcome. so much. And I do feel like Jared's going to shine in here, too. Well, I watch Jack kind of like research and do this stuff all day. And like she she has it in her mind, like what we're going to be talking about. And I have no idea. She hasn't told me anything. So I'm just here to roll with it. He's just here to be a sounding board. He is. I mean, he never knows what I'm doing. I'm always like the mad scientist, like doing a million things at once. And Jared's like, I guess I'm along for the ride. Again, you are the Chris Jenner of all the things I do. She's always, she's behind the scenes, pulling the strings, making shit happen. That's right. I know. She's she's Abby from Dance Moms. (laughs) I don't think I want to be Abby from Dance Moms. But like a sexy, sexy Abby from Dance Moms. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, so today is June 30th, and on June 30th in 2006, Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey got divorced. Do you guys remember this moment? I remember the trauma of the moment because I was like, this woman says chicken of the sea she she's like it says chicken like this man loved her anyway you know and and when they were divorced <laughs> i was, she didn't know what tuna is that's right but and then when they got divorced i was worried about her i was like fuck this man really loved you um but you know i think everything worked out right she prevailed well so i have some notes from their divorce they cited irreconcilable whoa irreconcilable differences as the reason for their split, but they both have like different, you know, everybody has their own side to the story. Everyone's got to take. Everyone's got to take. So Jessica Simpson said, we are trying so hard to be the perfect couple. I don't think the reality show is what destroyed us by any means, but at the end of shooting, we weren't even talking to each other. I mean, I feel like, like that reality show was, I mean, all eyes were on them. Everybody was judging them, especially her. I know she was playing into like the dumb blonde kind of a thing. But the pressure of that to succeed had to have been crazy. Well, and I feel like having a reality show about your relationship is akin to getting the partner's, your partner's name tattooed on you. It is, it's like sort of a kiss of death. death death. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I feel as somebody who's like, 
played in those waters. <laughs> you mean gotten a tattoo? A matching tattoo? <laughs> um, I feel like it's just you're asking for it at that point. I know. Ugh. And I can't, uh, when I was doing this research, I'm so pissed I didn't include this, but apparently Jessica Simpson's dad is the one that pitched the reality show for them to do. Oh, man. And he had pitched somebody else. It wasn't originally Jessica Simpson. It was some person that they weren't even related to and their relationship, but I guess they didn't take it. And then he ended up pitching Jessica and Nick and that's what they ended up taking. So those were some wild times. I mean, I feel like that was the wild West back in the day. Honestly, I feel like, um, I know this isn't on the stands, but I feel like stage dads should be on the stand based on what we know about like Britney Spears is oh father. And oh now God, hearing yeah. that about Jessica Simpson's like, why would you want your daughter's relationship on a, on a TV show? Like it's never going to end well. And it didn't clearly. It's kind of gross when you think about it. Yeah, stage dads. Way worse than stage moms. Yeah. So way scarier. Worse. For sure way Especially scarier. Especially if it's daughters. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. And it's like, what? Yeah. What's your reasoning? And money. What's your motive? Yeah. Other than money. It's like None. you're exploiting your daughter. None. It's just money. Money. Just money. So I learned that uh, they never signed a prenup before they got what? married. Yep. And she was had, way more famous at the time. She was way more famous than Nick Lachey. She had to pay him $12 million. What? And <sighs> she called her marriage to Nick Lachey her, quote, biggest financial mistake in, like, true <laughs> Joe Exotic fashion. Oh, never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> Honestly, that actually hurts to hear. $12 million is... And it's harder. And, I mean, she's a really smart businesswoman besides her career, like... Her Jessica Simpson line. Shoes. Yeah, shoes and clothes <laughs> shoes. and perfume and all that stuff. It's like she made really smart choices and it had to have really stung to have to pay out that much money. I know. And I do, not to say, I really do like Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey. We had Vanessa Lachey on Lady Gang and she was one of the nicest people that we've ever had as a guest. And I like, I like them together. They're like I, honest about all their shit. I like them too. Uh, what was it? What did they host? As yeah, a, they hosted like say. a dating show. Uh, Dude, they're blind. amazing they, as a couple host. They were host. great as a oh. duo. Yes, Jared. They were great as like a duo host. And they seem to have it figured. And they've been married long enough now that it's like they're probably going to stay together. Like it's been a really long time. Well, so they host Love is Blind. And then they also hosted that The Ultimatum Show. Did you watch that? Yes. So, and their whole reasoning for hosting that show, number one, I don't think that they ever thought it was going to go through, but because it was weird and I think they held it for a couple of years, sure. but their reasoning for hosting it, they were talking about how they had almost split and she kind of gave them an ultimatum. So I like the the honesty is good. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. And uh, they seem like a really functional, like self-aware couple. And I can't remember which one of the shows it was, but I was watching it and somebody like, talked back to Vanessa Lachey and Nick came. I saw, I know exactly Nick, what you're like, talking about. Yeah. his chest out and really fucking was like, bro, no. And I was like, okay, yes. this couple's bonded. He's like defending her honor. I was into it. No, it was Love is Blind. Yes. And it was a Love is Blind reunion. And it was when Shake, I think, was saying that she was the only attractive woman in the room. Remember that, Jared? By the way, Jack doesn't ever remember like anything, but somehow there's room in her brain for this one <laughs> interaction. Yes, I do remember that though. It was it was crazy. I remember being like, "Damn, Nick Lachey is kind of going all in," well, honestly, and that dude was 
totally provoking him, but he was awesome. Shake is the most unlikable person I've seen on TV in a long time. He was great reality TV casting, and I Brilliant. don't think they probably thought that they cast him in that in that way, in that light, because he really showed his true colors at the end. Well, yeah. through the whole time, but I feel like that maybe he was going to have some sort of a redemption arc, but that guy's a fucking tool. The only thing him. worse than a villain is someone who's trying to be a villain, and he was yes. both of those, and it was no, so annoying. No one likes a desperado. No. Mm-mm. No one likes a desperate, like... A fame seeker and you know <laughs> yeah. you know you're looking for your like anecdotal role on a reality tv show when you're like doing things that are actively evil you're like i'm gonna be like a lower third it's gonna be like the villain and it's like dude yeah. you're trying too hard to get there douche bag <laughs> yeah um okay well i loved well i didn't love their divorce but i loved that this was a um a I, loved it for, bo- I love it for vanessa <laughs> she seems- i love it for vanessa and who is jessica simpson is she married yeah she's married to a, a sports player maybe a football player oh well good for I her no you she know she's- with john mayer she was she was you know well and she was referred to by john mayer as sexual napalm so you yes. know wow really i didn't know this yeah mm-hmm. he, he said that jessica simpson sexual napalm which Dude. wow I, I would find as a compliment. A true compliment. Yeah. Wow. Especially coming from John Mayer, that's who is fucked like literally. Every con like he's every in a million single- conquests. Yes. Yes. Wow, I love it. Okay. Well, uh I thought that this was a great idea to just move into all of the other celebrity divorces that we had in the early two thousands. They're kind of mostly staying in this sort of a genre, and we're gonna get to that, but before then we have got some bitching to do. Please rise, court is now in session. All rise. Call the first witness. How do you plead? Guilty or not guilty? Okay, welcome to On The Every week we're bringing a person, place, thing, or an idea to the stand that's either bugging the shit out of us or just like really trying to defend that maybe other people, you know, kind of hate, but we secretly really love it. So, yes. Jared, this is your first On The Stand. I know. Do you, do you want to go first or do you want to go after Alexis mm. and I? Um, I have, I have my on the stand prepared. Oh my gosh, tell us. He is a prepared guy. Well, speaking of, it has to do with preparing. So Jack and I are getting ready to go to Europe right now. And I was really thinking about this the other day because for weeks she's been on Amazon and she, like today she came home and she was like, I got these compression socks for the plane and all this stuff. (laughs) So I'm thinking like... Wait, is it because your ankles swell, Jack? Why do you need these? Well, compression socks... Well, number one, I flew back from Tampa <laughs> last night and I had the worst restless leg syndrome on the flight. And I've never had that before. So I heard that compression socks help with jet lag. <laughs> I don't know how that would help with your bodies, like the things that I are happening internally. I think you got like two like Reddit posts like confused. Because I was I don't just think... going to say this sounds like a Reddit conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, she needs compression socks. So I was like... <laughs> Like, wait, why does Jack need compression socks? Unless her legs are swelling in flight. Like, no, I really want to know the, re- the Your body swells in flight. That's why you have to wear... So the I swear socks to God, are going to help? Yes. With your whole socks? body swelling. Yes. I swear. I read it somewhere. Maybe I saw TikTok about it. I think so, Jared's right. You're cross-referencing two Reddits, but go on. Dude. So in saying that, I'm just saying... <clears throat> on the stand for me today is over-preparing for a trip. Or really preparing at all. Because... To be fair, I'm going into this with the clothes that I have in a small carry-on bag, and I'm just going to throw them in there, and I'm going to go to the airport. I've got all of my little itinerary plan on my phone. Other than that, I have nothing what, else What prepared. itinerary plan? Oh, you mean well, your for flight. like the car rental that I booked and The one thing Jared did. He booked a car. Okay. <laughs> so, Hope you can but, drive stick, Jer. Oh, you got an automatic. I forgot. 
Well, we don't have to tell people that, but yeah, I got an automatic. <laughs> he was too nervy to drive a stick. It's scary. <laughs> but every time we go, like, this is what Jack will do. She'll get overprepared. Sorry, I'm aiming this at Jack, but really it's preparing for In a general. trip, like overpreparing and like buying things for the plane. And like, you know, I just, I'm, I'm like, who was it on... Was it Seinfeld? Who was sitting in... No, it was on Curb. It was Jeff Garland. He just sits and stares at the seat in front of him. Oh, yeah. Like, Doesn't on the, he bring I don't a need buck? anything. No, that, that was the whole thing. It was him and Larry that were on a flight, and Jeff sits down, and he just stares at the seat in front of him, and Larry's like, are you going to like read a book, like listen to music? He's like, no. He's like, are you going like, to have a snack, a drink? He's like, no. And he, he's like, are you going to go to sleep? He's like, no, I'm just going to stare at the seat in front of me. And that's what Jared's going to do. That sounds Maybe like I'm hell. Maybe I'm just crazy. Yeah. No, but. well... I well, you know that I have my like OCD tendencies. So yeah. this is this is one of them. I like it's very calming for me to prepare for trips. Like I like the whole process of like preparing what we're gonna do, preparing the clothes that I'm gonna wear, and then preparing the things that I'm gonna do on the flight. I feel like it's somehow gonna make the flight go by faster or more enjoyable because I am gonna have Does I'm gonna work? have a face mask. I'm gonna think about how my compression socks are fighting the jet lag. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking about all of the fun stuff that I will have to use and think about while I'm on the flight. And okay. I'm just accepting that it's going to be shitty. Well, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to give my feedback since yes. you guys are sort of aligned already in yours. Uh, as somebody who I, I moved out of my apartment into a condo, but I'm not living in the condo because of the dust, because of the renovations. Yes. And I packed a very small bag and moved back to the place that's now our office for the first degree. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to be so miserable with this small bag of items. It turns out, like, I don't need anything else that's at the condo because I've been here for three weeks and I don't miss anything, not even clothes. And we've been like out and I'm like, holy shit, I've got like two walk-in closets full of clothes and purses and I don't even care about them and I don't even wear them. I wear like three <laughs> outfits that I rotate. Well, you do. You're you're an outfit rotator because you know what you like. Right, but like my point is is that any over preparing, we all just need a backpack full of shit and that's it. I know. And anything else that we're being sold as like something that soothes us <laughs> is just a gimmick. Like nothing works. Frankly, you know, makeup doesn't really work. Anti-aging no. face products don't work. Nothing no. works. It's all marketing. It's all a scam. And your compression socks are unfortunately also a scam. But but I, <laughs> I, I swear will to say, God, there's science behind the compression socks. I okay, fucking swear. That's the one the one thing. I will say, sort of as devil's advocate here, like if it makes you feel better about whatever it is that you're it's going into, like I back it. I'm just saying, I guess this is me personally putting it on the stand because I, maybe it's my lifestyle and I travel a lot and I'm always kind of like living well, in a you never, really you never tiny do anything. space. You just get told where to go when you show up. <laughs> but that's how you live your life. Like Jared, there well, needs to be. That's why he needs you. You yes. tell him where to go socially. Literally. Yeah. He, he, I Jack literally is my tour manager doing. when I'm on vacation for sure. Or like for your life. I'm oh, like, okay, Jared, right. you need to be here. You're like, okay. I'm like, Jared, do this. You're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's how but women, that's, but that's women in relationships. Exactly. Like if you don't have a woman controlling your every move, like, are you in a relationship? Dude, honestly, Matt would just sit home and play video games if I didn't like make him go to brunch that's, once in a while. That's literally what Jared did <laughs> when I was gone for two and a half days. He sat at home and played video games the Is whole time. Is this true, Jared? I mean, we haven't talked about it yet, but Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I knew it. I was like, Jared, what are you going to do when I'm gone? He's like, I'm like, you're going to do nothing, huh? And he's like, well, I was, I've I'll been get sick. food. I was like, will you get food? Will you feed yourself? I'm not sure. Because no, you don't feed yourself unless starve. I tell you. I got food. Men I fed starve. myself. Yeah. Normally I do. Like, I'll just, I'll start putting together weird, like whatever we have left in like the pantry and the fridge. I'll Which start like nothing. making. Yeah. It was, it was he bleak. So eat. I had to order. He doesn't eat unless I'm telling him that he needs to eat. Like, that's insane. <laughs> I all I, my every second of every day is me thinking about what my next meal is going to be. Like, I, that's another thing I over prepare for. I'm hungry right now. I'm starving. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm gonna say not guilty for not, overpreparing. I'm gonna say I'm gonna guilty. S- I'm gonna say n- you should oh say God. yours is guilty, Alexis, because you're. I feel like you're a learned minimalist lately. Yep. Yeah, you're guilty. <laughs> I'm guilty. <Got> her. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go next um, okay. because this is something that we are all present for. So we are all recently in Portland for my birthday, and before we went to do the whole wine tasting and wine country kind of a thing, we were all having brunch in Portland with a big group of people. We we're like really excited to like kick the weekend off and have a grand old time. And when we're at brunch, we were ordering our first drink. Jared's was a Bloody Mary, mine was a mimosa, Alexis's was like a spritz. And the waitress let us know that they had a two-drink maximum. Maximum. A two-drink maximum Maximum. at their restaurant. And this is something that I have never heard of in my entire life. And I am a brunch aficionado. Like, so is Alexis. And so is Jared by proxy. By proxy, yeah. We've gone to many a brunches in all over the world. And never in my life have I heard of a two-drink maximum (laughs) for brunch. And it really rocked our world. And we had to start getting creative in the ways where we could acquire extra drinks during brunch. Yeah, uh, we I remember I came late because I had some like devastating news that day and I came later and uh, I was looked depressed when I showed up and I was and And definitely needed more than two drinks. Hella drinks. I needed so many drinks. And luckily, there was, like, this opportunity to order, like, a bottle of champagne with a couple little mixers to yes. make, like, a mimosa sort of uh, salad of, like, <laughs> you can have all sorts of mimosa flavors. Mimosa salad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was, like, but then they were, like, oh, but you can only have three glasses with that order. And it, it turned into this very th- – this thing where we're all shuffling drinks around trying to get everyone drunk. You and, know what uh, I remember? Yeah. Is she came up and she said the two drink maximum thing. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah no, no problem. We're definitely going to hit that. Like, it's fine. And she was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> maximum. And we're like, yeah, 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 whatever. And like, <laughs> I feel like we just She's kept like, being no, like. no, maximum. Yeah. Not minimum. You fucking alcoholics. And then when we when it finally like set in, we were like, what? <laughs> right? What no, was that? I think she told us like after we ordered our second drink or it was something that it was jarring that we definitely had to do recon that we had to be like, okay, fuck. How do we finagle this? <laughs> finagle this. We need more than we need more drinks. We we're yeah. like, okay, so if I work. buy a round this time, that counts as my. Does that count as just for me? Is that one? If I buy a round, and then, and we're then like my trying parents, to... my parents came to meet us. I was like, mom, are you gonna have both of your drinks, or can we yeah. pass one off to Alexis? Yeah, I was no. like, Bill, are you driving? And anyone who wasn't <laughs> drinking then started ordering drinks for other people, and we were hiding shit under the table. And it, but it turned. I felt. I'm an adult, but I felt like a child. I felt like I was yeah. doing, yes, I feel like I was doing something illegal. And Did I was not like, like all it. we're trying to do is spend more money at your establishment and tip you very handsomely. But somehow we're 
I don't know. Our waitress is pushed. Our waitress was amazing. She was even though she had to tell us this awful news. She was so likable, and that's how you know she's a good person. I know. Because normally I would hate anyone, even if they were like the Mother Teresa. I would hate them (laughs) um, if they deliver this kind of news. But she had this charisma that was undeniable where I was like, you're telling me the things I hate, yet I love you. I know. She was very, she was so pleasant. So cute. Ugh. Ugh. Still hate the two drink. Well, anyways, now we're going to vote. Guilty. Guilty. Definitely guilty. But the reason, I get the reasoning for it. They told us it was because they didn't want restaurants to turn into bars they're like if you want to drink go to a bar and like don't overstay yeah, but isn't your that like half of the revenue that comes into places is well, what so. people are spending on alcohol well, like, and that's the thing. like it almost seems like they are morally sort of they're driven by morals more than money which normally i'd find commendable but this is something that goes against everything i believe in <laughs> <laughs> so I know. Um, I'm not going to give them that compliment because no. I, I go to brunch to get yeah. to have fun, not yes. to be limited. No, <laughs> to get drinks. Yeah, that's right. No, that's like a Monday through Friday two drink maximum. I guess a few months, a, but even that, no, completely. That's a hard guilty. All right, for me. guilty, guilty. All right, Lex. <sighs> okay, so uh, my on the stand relates to something I saw the other day when I was. Me and Matt, my boyfriend, were walking his dog, my stepdog, Bosley. Um, I love Bosley. Bosley is perfect. He's going to start to be on Instagram, hopefully. Um, Can we describe Bosley? Dude, he's like a pure silver pit bull with a giant head and a perfect little face. Like a true true angel. He has the biggest head I've ever seen in a pit bull, which I love. Like I love a big, big Orby head. And when I met him for the first time, I like came into the room and he always is like, he has his little stuffed animal in his mouth. And all I could see was his little eyes and his big round head. And I, (laughs) I melted. I melted. He's he's honestly the most perfect creature I've ever met. Um, I'm going to, now that everyone knows about him, I'm going to start spamming stuff. But the point is, is that I was on a walk with Bosley and we saw a dog in the distance down the street Mm -hmm. and I was like it was a little tan not little little but it was like probably a hundred uh 70 pound dog that's little no it's big dog oh big dog big dog but tan and I saw this tail that had like lumps on it like a stegosaurus whoa whoa it was a fucking sharpe oh and it had rolls on its tail that were so glorious that I, I've, I've truly never seen anything like it. And I said to the owner, I was like, I cannot believe that this is your dog and this is real. It looks like a <laughs> fake dinosaur <laughs> meme dog. I, oh I'm God. overwhelmed. And this dog was so nice. So what I'm putting on the stand is Sharpays, frankly. I'm defending them. Oh, yeah. Um, I had never seen – I'm telling you this tale – uh, people, I will post this on Instagram. It was like, did you take a picture? No, but I'll find one oh. on Instagram. I'll find I one. Can't, I'm googling Sharpay tails right now, and I don't see what you're talking about. God damn it! I'll find it. It, it was the most. It looks like a cartoon. It, it, it was a joke to me. Um, in fact, and I was like, <laughs> I've. I didn't think I liked Sharpays, but this this dog changed everything for me. And uh, that's what I'm putting on the stand. I feel like Sharpays are underrated. I feel like. 
they should have hundreds of Instagram accounts of these dogs that have these tails. Like, we've all been denied the joy of seeing them. <laughs> like, you don't even know that this is a thing. Like, this is how badly this needs to happen. I'm going to have like- to see this because I, I'm Googling it too right now. And, like, this dog definitely needs an Instagram because there's not a lot of dogs that have roles. That's what I'm saying. I feel like tails. you I feel like you were, it was a missed opportunity to take a picture because I don't know if it's common. That Ooh, is... Wait, I found one. Do you see the rolls in the tail? Yeah, it's on dailydogtag.com. Did you Happy find tails. rolls of the tail? Yes, it looks honestly like a flaccid penis, I'm not going to lie. Wait, what? You're not looking at my my truth. Like we're, what I'm talking about here is this <laughs> Is something so special. <laughs> Wait, I need to send it in the chat. Just so you do, do you see the tail? Are you, did you send one? I'm waiting for it. Look at that tail. But this oh. one, the tail I've seen was the tail I've seen is so much longer than that, and it has rolls all the way down. Like I Jared, thought it was a joke. Does it not kind of look like a flaccid dick? No, it looks um. like. <laughs> A little bit. No, it doesn't. It looks like a beautiful. I mean, it's a tail. I mean, you know, it's Roll. just a tail with some rolls on it. Okay. No, I'm gonna Maybe find a long one. Cutter. I'm gonna find a long <laughs> one. Uh, anyways, we'll post this tail on social media. You'll see it. Because <laughs> have you ever seen though? Did you think a tail could have rolls like this? No, that's so cute. Isn't I mean, because pug- usually, like a pug's tail is just like a little, a little curly cue. Like this is special. In the one I've seen, they bought, they cut the tails on these little ones. This one had a long tail, and the entire tail was, like, was like it looks like one of those fishtail braids with like the the bubbles, yeah, yeah, the bubbles. Like it was perfect, and I was overwhelmed when I saw it. So Ugh. I don't think they get enough recognition. So I'm putting Sharpays. I'm defending Sharpays. I love, I love a Sharpay. It. Yep, and I never knew about it until right now, and I am in defense of it. You never knew what a Sharpay was? No, I never knew about the rolls on the tails. Oh yes. Mm. It's adorable. Excuse me. So no, no more Sharpays in this world. Innocent. Ugh, innocent. <laughs> innocent. <laughs> All right. When we come back, it is time for some true crime rewind. Okay, so it comes as no surprise that I have absolutely no idea how to cook. I don't want to learn how to cook. It's not really my thing. But when I tried Factor meals, it was a freaking game changer. So Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So the first time I tried Factor meals, I was actually blown away because I'm like, that's it. That That's all it is. Two minutes and the meals are so delicious. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. And you can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, ooh, fancy, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Like I said, they're so easy to prepare. I love them. So head to factormeals.com slash degree50 and use code degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code degree50 at factorymeals.com slash degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. It's almost summer and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on therealreal.com. The Real Real is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 
10,000 plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply. Yeah, it's rewind time. Okay, we're back and we are talking about the messiest celebrity divorces of the early, well, not early because this one that I'm talking about now is in 2020, but of the 2000s. So I wanted to start by talking about Kelly Clarkson. So she was married to this guy, Brandon Blackstock. I don't even know who he is, but they got divorced and this is fucking crazy when they got divorced kelly clarkson was ordered to pay this random guy two hundred thousand dollars in monthly support i hate monthly i hate that and monthly i hate that i hate that and honestly we hate it when men have to do like when men have to do it we don't like bulk in the same way i think for us it's like kelly clarkson was such a uh such a force that came out of American her. Idol. You know what I mean? And um, I really, I fucking love Kelly Clarkson. I'm a huge fucking fan. And it bothers me that she has to do this. Even if, even if she's the reason for the divorce, it still bothers me a lot that she so has to do this. They, did they not? That means they probably didn't sign a prenup, right? Well, I don't know how long they've been married, but I know for sure that, like, she's the breadwinner. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. I don't even know who this guy is. But that, don't you have to prove if you are paying somebody, like, spousal support that that was what your lifestyle was costing every single month? Yeah. So, basically, uh, if he didn't have a job, for example, but they were living in a mansion, and they if they have kids, especially, and that's their private school, like, you, you have to... Sh- you have to keep up. You don't have to, but in situations like this, when there's a lot of money at at hand at play, you basically are forced to pay to keep their lifestyle what it was. Just, and it, they usually have to demonstrate that, like, yeah, they were making the money, but I was doing X, and that's why I was spending earn- all of their money. And it's why and I wasn't. Kind of a demonstration my- gets you two hundred k. And it's crazy. why I wasn't earning my own money. Whether it's like I was watching after the kids or oh, I was yeah. renovating the house, like you have to demonstrate why you weren't bringing the money. It's a whole thing that they prove. And truthfully, based on how much she's worth, it's probably okay. So, he, but it bothers me. He was a music manager and amateur pilot. Jeez, amateur pilot? What you take? I don't want to get in a plane with an amateur pilot ever. Ever. I don't even know what an amateur pilot is. It's like, not what a does good that pilot. mean? Am- you never want to see amateur right it in front of pilot. It means he took some classes. Yeah, I know. That's bad. Oh my god. Okay, so the next one is Heidi Klum and Seal. They split in 2012, and they were married for seven years. I, like, love them as a couple. God, I love them. I thought they were such a beautiful couple. And I Seal, with that silky, soft, smooth voice. I know. And his little, like, Rose. and he's very mysterious. He's always yes. wearing a tux, and you're like, where are you going, Seal? You know? And he's always, like, got this mysterious look on his face. And I was like, And this- his name is Seal. Think about that. 
It's just one name. It's just Seal. Well, right. And he's got that smooth exterior just like mm-hmm. a Seal. Like, yeah, he's truly a Seal. Like, his parents knew. Like, this is the smoothest man that's, that's ever been created. Yep. Yeah, that's right. He is smooth. He's, yeah, he's very, like, sensual and, like... Honestly, he's sexy. Mysterious. He's very sexy. But they broke up because she apparently hooked up with her bodyguard. That's Uh-oh. upsetting. Yes. Um... Which is, that's not great. No, that's, that's painful. And, like, I deeply empathize with that. Because, like, Seal probably took a dagger to the heart with that one. That, that is unfortunate. We can't draw any conclusions because we don't know what drove her to do it. Like, relationships are super complex. And, like, yeah. you can never determine why these things happen. Okay, so the next one, and this is my favorite because of the photo evidence, is Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise when they got divorced. So... When they oh got God. divorced in 2001, they adopted two kids together, and Tom Cruise filed divorce papers first, and then Nicole Kidman did, and they both, you know, obviously had differing accounts why they got divorced. But we all know it's because he's a Scientologist and was probably doing some crazy fucking shit and had all this blackmail against her, and she was like, get me the fuck out of this marriage. But the best part of this whole thing is there are pictures of her leaving her divorce lawyer's office was when everything was finalized. And I've never seen such elation and such like arms in the air, arms in the air joy. She's like, Oh, like I fucking did it. Like I've never in my life seen somebody so happy ever. Yeah, totally. And, uh, You know, there's a lot of rumors about Tom Cruise and the people he marries and what that looks like and why he marries them. And I would never even actually begin to speculate about it. I'm just airing that it's out there. But, like, regardless of how these marriages come to be, obviously, if you're married to someone, there's a closeness. And there's a lot of fucking pain, especially when there's kids involved, when these marriages fall apart. So it's certainly nothing to be made a spectacle of, but like the joy on this woman's face is certainly worth revering. (laughs) And I've been there. Like we've all been there, you know, and it's not always in the beginning. Like I'm sure when the relationship started to crumble, it was awful. But by this point, the relief, the joy, the, the independence that she was able to, um, get, I mean, she looks over the fucking minute. I mean, not <laughs> to mention the fact that there were just cameras like waiting for it makes it so much better. Like she's not even trying to look good. She's just <laughs> like, like yeah. yo, bro, like I'm oh, fucking good. It. I mean, yeah, me too. Yeah, I can't even imagine. So then the next one is obviously Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise. So they were married for six years between 2006 and 2012. And obviously, we all remember Tom Cruise jumping on the couch at Oprah and that whole oh, moment. Man, yeah, that was like one of the biggest pop culture moments I feel like of the two thousands yeah. ever. Um, woo, <laughs> woo, woo! That was like the big sound effect that he, you know, he became. That was like the meet the Tom Cruise meme. That still that was a meme. That was a meme pervasive. before memes were memes. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's still it's still pervasive today. Like Tom Cruise can never undo that moment. Yeah. Nope. And Oprah was, like, her proper self, just, like, big-eyed, like, what the hell am I watching? Like, truly shocked. (laughs) Yeah. Truly shocked. A Um, spectacle. Absolutely. Apparently, I mean, and there's, like, uh, again, so many rumors about their relationship and how he was auditioning different women to get married to and yada, yada, yada. It could be true, but maybe it's not. But probably is. 
I, dude, weird shit goes on in Hollywood. I don't put it past any of these rumors. I'm like, I feel like. It's possible for sure. You never know. You never know. Okay. Next one was Gwen Stefani and Gavin Rossdale, which I always forget that they were even married, but they got divorced when she found out that he was cheating on her with their nanny who looks exactly like that her. That is so upsetting. I know. That is so upsetting. That. And honestly, you know what though? Why would you hire a really hot nanny? Why would I you? Know. I, I would never do that. No. Only Manny is for me, <laughs> frankly. Like when I have kids, I'm going to have a uh, homely looking man be the nanny for my children. <laughs> Are you trusting a homely looking man around your kid alone? <laughs> Depends on their references. <laughs> I don't know if I could trust a random man around my child. Not you random. Just got a vet highly, get, I need, yeah. highly recommended man. But yeah. <laughs> there's got to be no hot Gwen Stefani lookalike in my home. I'll tell you that much. I know that that's just like because she was just younger and like, oh, what a there's no hot women coming in my home once I'm like, it's not going to happen. Like no. men are too weak. No, they really they really are. No, fun. Jared isn't. But no, neither oh. is mad. But most of them. <laughs> I'm glad there's we get passes at least. That's fine. There's like three people who get passes. It's Jack's dad. Oh, Bill. <laughs> Jared Bill. and Matt. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Pretty much. Honored. All other men don't trust you. Okay, no. so, okay, this is going to be the last one because I feel like we're running out of time. Is Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt. The breakup heard around the world. The breakup heard around the world. They split in 2005. And I feel like, you know, they were America's couple. Brennifer? Like, Brennifer. Brennifer, yeah, they sure were. And, you know, everyone picked a side. It was like, were you Brangelina or were you Braniston? You know? Yeah. Because oh, Braniston. Yeah. And cause... you know what? I feel like Jen, it was super painful to see Brad with Angelina and all their kids and shit. But look, they didn't work out either. And no. I, Jen probably has the last laugh because she's not saddled with the baggage of like co-parenting with somebody who resents and hates her. Like, I feel like Jen actually, when all was said and done, sort of came out on top. Well, and I hate the whole thing where people kind of shove it down, especially her throat, where it's like, she never got over him. Like, look at him living his, like, she must be jealous, where it's like, I'm sure she's she so fucking give sick a fuck. of everybody saying that and, like, yeah, doesn't dude. give a fuck. Because no, he probably fucking no sucks. Idea. Like, every other he fucking probably guy. Sucked. He probably sucked. And, like, she shouldered everything in that relationship. And... I'm sure at first it fucking sucked, but then as time passed, she was like, holy shit, thank God. I Thank God it ended. Like, because Brad Pitt is probably a narcissist, and he probably sucks in real life, because absolutely. how can you be that hot and that charming and that you have it all? Like, where is the downside? Like, something... It's possible. You can pull it off. No. 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 That's why he broke up with Angelina, because, like, his alcoholism and his insanity. Oh, was he an Ugh. alcoholic? Yeah, that's that's part of the reason why him and Angelina broke up. Yeah. But I honestly, mean, Jennifer Aniston, you deserve the best. You're an angel and you've never sullied your your reputation. You've always taken the high road. You never talk shit. Yeah. You were nice when you saw him. That shit went viral when you were super like when, kind. When you like grabbed at her. Yeah. Like yeah. but but I'm sure he regrets it. They always do. 
They always do. They and always she's, do. He's she's probably so like, what hot. the fuck did I do? She looks incredible. She's always said the kindest things. She even turned Perez Hilton into like a nice person. Do you guys remember, you know, the Perez, Perez Hilton in his blog? Yes. So he was like a super mean blogger for a while. Fuck and, yeah. He was like and, the original troll. Yeah, but like the meanest. So mean. And he targeted Jen Aniston really hard. They ran into each other at a parking lot in LA and she confronted him and she's like, why are you so fucking mean, man? Shut up. And then he changed his blog and he, he stopped like it being was mean still, to her or being mean to everybody. Everyone. It was, it was still celebrity gossip, but he stopped. Like he used to draw like drops of poop coming out of and people's like dicks and people's yeah, mouths. He yeah. completely changed his blog after <laughs> he was so mean, but he had this. No, he, he was this, the original. He was truly the original troll. That's right. And I think it, Honestly, her confronting Encounter him. Encounter with him is changed well, it was, him. It was probably the first moment that he was like, oh, shit. Wait a second. Maybe all these celebrities that I'm making fun of for my own gain are real people and it's affecting them. That's right. <laughs> like, imagine that. Anyways, love Aniston. And uh, I'm here for... This was a great episode. I love this topic. I know. I love it. Celebrity divorce is so messy. And, you know, of the times, that was just such a special time, early 2000s, mid 2000s. Well, and the paparazzi stalking all these people who were, like, just trying to not have their heart broke. Like, it's it's really unfortunate, actually, but it's been enough time. They've all moved on. It's going to yeah. be okay. Um. All right. Well, I think it is time to hear all of the worst things that you people have done. Come one, come all. It's time for Firsty Worsty Court. We're going to remind you that even though you've done some horrible things in your life, you're not uh, defined by that. And we've all made mistakes and we're all trying to do better. So we're going to dive right into it. Let's hear from our first Firsty Worsty. Yes. Hi, Jack and Alexis. Um, Jack Alexis, you guys always talk about the teenage girl klepto phase and JCPenney jail. So I had to call in with the worst thing that I have ever done because it really resonates with both of those things. Um, so when I was 17, my best friend and I were going through our klepto phase. Um, we had stolen quite a lot of things from like local stores and were admittingly good at it. Um, and right at the end of summer before school is about to start, we planned like this big heist to go to the mall and steal a bunch of stuff. Um, so we drove ourselves up and we had already stolen stuff from other stores in the mall. And then we were at JCPenney and we got what we wanted and um, which was just such stupid stuff that I still never have to this day. And I don't know why I, it was just to have it to have it. It's just so dumb. But anyway, so as we were about to leave, a man and a woman came up to us um, and said, you need to follow us. So we went up to the JCPenney jail, and they were going through, like, rifling through our bags, asking us, like, where did you get this? Did you steal this? Um, my friend, who is a badass between the two of us, was, like, stone cold Steve Austin. I don't think she shed a single tear. And I was, like, a blubbering fool, like, couldn't even catch my breath. Um, So the worst part was that we had brought all these empty shopping bags from other stores with the intention of filling them and walking out looking like we had purchased things. And they noticed that in their obvious intent in what we were there to do. 
um, which was not good. Um, so they literally handcuffed us and walked us through the mall. Like, on the escalators, the two of us were handcuffed through the whole mall, brought us to mall security, um, who then brought us to the local police station, and we were in, like, holding cells. They separated us and putting, put us in holding cells and called our parents. And the absolute worst part was that my parents that night were at my grandparents for dinner. So they got this call and had to explain to my grandparents why they had to abruptly leave. They had to go pick their klepto daughter up from the police station, which was like the mall was like 40 minutes from where I live. So it was just so humiliating. Um, and you would think that I would have been grounded for months on end after this experience, um, but my mom is like a very religious Christian woman who really believes in forgiveness. So she wrote me a letter saying, like, we all make mistakes. You need to ask for forgiveness. We know that where that was going. Mom forgave yeah. you. So as someone who went to J.C. Penny Klepto Jail myself. <laughs> who hasn't? Honestly, I feel like why, I, sorry. Why is it always J.C. Penny? It's always because JCPenney. their loss prevention department is on <laughs> fucking point. I don't know. Like, I would like to know. Can somebody call in and tell me if there was there a Sears jail? Was there a Macy's jail? Or yeah. is it just J.C. Penny jail? I'm telling you, as someone, I learned. I tested my morality at J.C. Penny, and I was yeah. like, "How badly do I want these thongs?" And I, yes, I took it's them, and they, and they caught me. And, it's always and, a thong at J.C. And I never did it again. Like it's it's a no. rite of passage. And again, I wasn't like I was a child with not a lot of supervision. This is me just probably vying, like trying to get attention, whatever. <laughs> when I was a teenager, but honestly, I empathize so much with your story. Um, except the thing about like the conspiracy where you had all these other bags from other stores. Like you were no. really you're a mastermind. So I remember doing this, not me, but. My friend. friend that I was with, yeah, they they were definitely, they had intent, they came with the bags, they knew what they were doing, but that, it's so funny, like, why are little girls like that? Like, we, we all have are. No, we have no long-term consequences, and yeah. we have no, um, we have no power. And we love like, to shop. And we love things. And we love things. Yeah. We just want all the things. <laughs> and we're like, we I just think, want stuff. once you steal the first thing, and you get away with it. You don't realize that JCPenney jail exists until you go in there. And honestly, like, this is not okay if you're an adult. This is okay if you're under 15, which yes. is when I did this. And I learned my lesson. And I learned that it there, it is not a victimless crime, as it seems, when you're doing it. There's You're not supposed to do this shit. Don't do it. Well... A JCPenney jail is literally a room with no windows. Yeah. And that's it. It's a, t it's a room with tan walls and tan carpet and one table and two chairs and no windows. I am just shocked that they, they brought her to jail. Honestly, your story is perfect and resonates with probably so many people listening. I bet you so many more people have been to JCPenney jail than they're willing to admit. But not regular jail from JC. She got transferred. You know what? But you probably didn't get really charged. Like, they no. did that to me after JCPenney jail, too. Yeah. They're like, we're really going to take you to the cops now. And then nothing yeah. happened. It's nothing so happened. Scary. They just called my uncle to pick me up. I was like, my mom's sick. Don't call her. <laughs> She'll kill me. They called my Literally. uncle. 
Anyways, oh your story's perfect. You're perfect. And your confession um, liberates everybody else who's been harboring these secrets of being to JCPenney jail yeah. to, to share their experiences. So thank you for um, martyring yourself for the greater good. That was like one of the best worsty firsties we've ever had. Okay, on to the next. This will not be your typical worst thing I've ever done. No getting even or revenge. No fun conclusion. However, it is the worst thing I have ever done. It is still one of my greatest regrets. I was raised in the Midwest but went to college in Dallas, Texas, studying mechanical engineering. After my freshman year, I returned to my hometown and took a summer job working at a hotel doing banquet service. There, I met a girl I'll call Mary, not her real name. We developed a really strong romantic relationship, a very serious girlfriend-boyfriend relationship over the summer. In the fall, I returned to Dallas for school, and Mary stayed home. We kept up a long-distance, very intense relationship over the fall, but in January of my sophomore year, Mary moved to Dallas and got a job working in a church office. We did not live together, but our relationship continued to develop and deepen that winter and spring. We were in love. I thought truly in love. By the time summer arrived, I had basically run out of money to continue college, and so I looked around for the best-paying summer job I could find. I did find a manual labor job working in the oil field in Louisiana, and it paid a lot. Although the job paid a lot, the work and the people were awful. It was hard physical labor, yelling and screaming at the college boy, long, long days with very few days off. I was working 100-hour weeks in Louisiana in the summer. It was absolutely the worst summer I have ever had. All I could do to get through such an awful time was knowing I could return to Dallas, return to school, and return to Mary at the end of the summer. I did get through the summer and had enough money to return to college for the fall term. It was not long after I got back to Dallas that Mary told me she had had a summer affair with one of her colleagues in the church office, but that it was over. I was devastated. Such a horrible, awful summer, and now this. I could not deal with it. My whole world fell apart because I really loved Mary. How could she do this? I was so immature, and my reaction was terrible. I could not forgive Mary for the affair, even though she did everything she could to convince me that she had made a mistake, that it was over, that she loved me. I was too immature. I could not forgive her. I could not move on with her. And so we broke up, and Mary returned to her home in the Midwest. We never spoke again. I love Mary, and I should not have ended our relationship. I was wrong. I should have forgiven Mary and continued the love we had. But I did not, and that love ended. I lost Mary, and I lost her love. Although this happened many years ago, I still feel the pain, the heartache, and the regret for what I did. This was absolutely the worst thing I have ever done. Thanks. Oh, my God. I'm speechless. Um, I'm going to cry. I'm speechless mostly because, like, I can tell you wrote that out. Yeah. To read it because you're because you're upset about it. Oh my god, I literally have tears in my eyes. I have tears that in my so eyes moving. too. That was beautiful. Oh and uh listen, I think listen, Mary cheated on you and you're blaming yourself. Yeah. You know, like and it's it could be true like hey, maybe I she did everything to make it right, right? Like and you didn't forgive her, but she did betray you. So I yeah. don't, I think you need to be a little easier on yourself where it's like, listen, sometimes we drive people to betray us. That is true. But their decision to do so is a choice. Yeah. Um, and she betrayed the boundaries of your relationship, you know? Um, 
It doesn't always have to mean the relationship's over, but like you're beating yourself up when you didn't, you didn't betray the relationship. And it's also, it it isn't just cheating. Like, I feel like there are so many different levels of cheating. Like if she was having an entire affair, like that's an ongoing conscious kind of thing that you're doing. It's not like a drunken night out that you like accidentally made out whatever it is. It's like, that is that it, it takes a lot for somebody to be able to have like an entire affair like that. So I, oh my God, I just like feel for you so hard because you, you obviously it's still like in the forefront of your mind, like years and years later. But I also feel like we do tend to romanticize our past, even yeah. if it's filled with like a lot of hurt. So, you know, maybe there's some of that going on as well. No. And what I think you should really acknowledge and appreciate about about yourself is just like the romanticism and what you're doing even right now where I mean you have a beautiful soul and a beautiful heart where you're still blaming yourself for the aspects of this uh relationship's demise when you weren't the one who 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 betrayed the relationship and I think it's beautiful that you're willing to be accountable and willing to blame yourself and I you have this beautiful um potential to bring to a relationship and i hope you don't hold yourself back with regrets or whatever because i feel like with the kind of empathy and the kind of like how in touch you are with your feelings you have a ton to offer yeah and you you should you should open yourself up to like a really beautiful relationship if you haven't found it already truly like you your message was inspiring and beautiful even if it's um even if you're selling yourself short, like it's inspiring. Yeah. Wow. That was one of the most, that is literally the most touching message we've gotten. Honestly, I was, uh, we were about to cry. I really needed it. Ugh. All right. Well, Alexis, you know, you know what's left. And Jared, here's your first, obviously everybody knows that Jared edits our podcast, but this is your first time that you get to see Alexis and the Costanza Stumble stanza. through the Costanza stanza. In and real time. In real time. So it doesn't have a name, untitled. Okay. This episode about celebrity divorces makes me feel dismayed and reminds me of when I went out with Marissa Tomei. (laughs) I laid my heart on the table in full display, but alas, my famous love, she went away. But you know what? It's kind of okay. Because we would have gotten divorced anyway. Oh, that one was so good. It's when I try too hard, they get fucked up, but I I feel like that one worked. That was like A plus perfect. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Right. Love you guys. Bye, Bye friends. friends.